Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo! Testing one, two. Mic check. Check, check. Can you hear us? Is this thing on? on? Are we on? (laughs) Uh, You know, everybody else is out here making comebacks and doing reruns. And, you know, we tried to retire. We tried to retire quietly, not (laughs) say nothing, just like ride off into the Outsider Jed sunset. But, like, things kept happening and kept happening and kept happening. And eventually we were just like, you know, I guess we got to talk about it. Just keeps calling us. Just keeps calling us. So what's going on, y'all? Thank you for listening to another edition of the Outsider's Edge podcast, or perhaps your first edition of the Outsider's Edge podcast. Uh Right here on the Chairshot Radio Network, where we invite you to always use your head. I am Dr. Schmores, Mr. Kyle Morris. I am joined by my golden lover, the Kenny to my Kota, Mr. Ray Cash Rance Morris. How you doing, sir? Feels weird. See, I'm I'm still active on the chair shot. I still do bandwagon nerds. I've got roped into an NFL show, but I don't talk wrestling on here. So to talk wrestling with, of all people. <laughs> My 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 wrestling twin, my brethren. It's weird. Also, for those of you who don't have uh, edge vision, uh, when when Kyle says use your head, he means literally because like that thing is <laughs> right in my view. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, sir. This is a family show, um, and by which I mean this is a show you should not share with your family. No, <laughs> keep it far, far away. Um. But a lot has happened since you been? It's, been, it's, been a, it's been a while. Oh, I mean, you know, I'm doing good. I started a new job. You started a new job. I'm no, planning no, a wedding. New new position, same job, but yeah. I'm planning a wedding. You got your girls living with you. Yeah, it's a lot, bro. It's a lot. Things have changed. So I did the research. The last proper Outsider's Edge was February and we didn't even really do a show show. We did top 10 moments of the WrestleMania era. The last actual Edge talking about current events was in January when Vince got roped up out of here. And then Stephanie had to come back. So, dog, it's it's September, dog. I'm, I'm, you're the teacher. So that's you, know what my biggest regret is? you know what my biggest regret is? That yeah. I've been on this show with you for... Four or five years now talking about give tag team wrestling a chance and champion and tag team wrestling and tag team wrestling main evented one of the nights of WrestleMania this year and I didn't even get to give it its props. And 
It involved KO and Sami Zayn, two people that we know I love, and the Usos, who are part of the Samoan dynasty that we give all deference to. Um, like, damn, I missed my chance to just talk about how great it was that tag team wrestling got to shine for a minute before the company remembered that they only sometimes care about tag team wrestling. And you got a Sammy Uso shirt on right now. I do. I do. I love me some Sammy Uso. Zane. So let's let's take a second here because we have a loaded show. Loaded. But let's take a second, if you don't mind. And you you brought up something very, very interesting to me. Let's talk about a, just a couple of the things that we missed. They get a chance to talk to. By all means, tell me how you felt about that uh, main event. Between Sammy and KO and Usos, main eventing WrestleMania. What talk, talk to me about it? Again, it just felt really cathartic for me because I have been with you on this show for years now, talking about how great tag team wrestling is and how tag team wrestling deserves a chance to shine, and we don't need to break up every single tag team and all of those things. And so to like actually finally have a year where like it's not a tag team made event like in the first wrestlemania where it's you know a bunch of singles jabronis teaming up together because the story makes it right this is two actual tag teams fighting for the tag team fucking titles and it actually fucking matters and it's part of a story that they had been telling for months and months and months and everything made sense and it just felt so good for like real tag team wrestling to be put in the spotlight like that. And it was like really cathartic and I felt great about it. You know, the thing I loved about that entire situation most is that we all as a wrestling populace remembered that the tag titles are still a, they are an actual world championship. So they had been denigrated as a two word for those of y'all at home so long for so long and so, so bad that, you know, we, looked at them as a novelty championship, but just like the women's world title and uh the and the uh WWE Women's Championship, I forgot the names of the two now. And the WWE Championship, World Heavyweight, Universal, whatever the world titles are for the men and the women, the tag team titles are a world title. So yeah, it made sense for the best storyline for a world championship to main event. I'm not a WrestleMania. It was glorious, man. WrestleMania I think was uh, there was a couple of moments, but by and large, I think it was like a amazing it was a show. show this year. It was, it was yeah. a really good show this year. I just can't fucking believe that Cody didn't go over after all of the things that they had said. But you know, so I okay, should be used to the company doing stuff like that to me. Quick question: What was the bigger heel moment? Roman retaining against Cody in front of his daughter and Lil Brody or Gunther literally murdering Chad Gable <laughs> in front of his daughters while his daughters cried. I'm going to give it to Gunther in front of Gable's daughters while the daughters cried because I guarantee you little Brody got all kinds of swag from everybody all weekend long. And he's a worker, so like I'm sure he got it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. Well, and 
Brody was best friends with Big E and the gang, so you know E was That's taking right. Brody from like person to person, like what you got from my man's, what you got from my man's, what Good you point. got from my man's. Uh, shout out to E. Hope that he's like feeling good and i don't care if he ever wrestles again i genuinely don't i don't care if he ever steps foot in the ring again i'm just glad that every time i see him now he's walking under his own power and he's not wearing a neck brace he is doing and he said this from the moment he got the injury and had the surgery he is able to do everything he was able to do before it's just bumping probably isn't a good choice of action for him after that injury but he's still lifting weights he, they had the thing on up, up, down, down. Kofi was on his shoulders. Like, he's still Big E, and I love that for him. Still live your life, man. The boy's in his mid-30s. He's rich. Live your life. Yeah, and I mean, he had all, even before he got hurt, he had always said that, you know, he didn't see himself being an AJ who wrestles until he's, like, 45, 46. He always understood, I'm a big man wrestler. Like, there's going to come a time when the time is up. So can I can I jump in one of the things I want that that I that I hate we never got the chance to talk to talk about? You don't ever need my permission to jump in. Jump on in. Man, I'm gonna excuse the Saudi shows out of deference and respect to you. But WWE this year has killed it with their international PLEs. Backlash in Puerto Rico and the Bad Bunny match, Shambaya with the crowd rocking, and then money in the bank in England and London. They have killed it this year. And, and the, pop, my the, LWO got, the pop the LWO got in Puerto Rico, shit. Carlito and Savio Vega, bruh. Now, I'll say this about, you know, Blood Money. They made Blood Money canon. Mm-hmm. That pissed me off a little bit because I don't want to watch Blood Money. <laughs> but uh, now there's some stuff that you're interested in. <laughs> well, and, and I'm still not going to watch because of that principle, but I'm also sure. just like... You motherfuckers went and made this show canon, so now I'm not even missing a glorified house show. I'm missing some, like, matches I might want to actually see. However, what I will forgive for Blood Money this year, my one of my highlights of the year, genuinely, Sammy got to take the pilgrimage to Mecca. That was and, a beautiful thing. Yeah, and, you know, knowing how much, you know, his faith means to him and knowing how important um that pilgrimage is within the faith it was really heartwarming for me to see sammy able to do that and man just knowing the history of the syrian saudi conflict and issues and for a while there he wasn't even allowed to wrestle at the shows whether he wanted or not since it started so for him to be able to check that uh to do hajj um and then he said something that was beautiful to me. And Ali said the same thing in a, in a different way. But he said, I get a chance to wrestle in front of my people. And like that was that was really important to me. And I love how Kevin has just, Kevin's main event at WrestleMania. Kevin's been a world champion. Kevin's been a linchpin of the company for a long time. He is so happy to just stand back and let Sammy get all the adulation and praise that he's deserved for all these years. I love it. And they're both making so much money, and I cool. always love when they take rich people's money. We we, we have some, some stories about rich people's money here. Um, anything else on your mind that's happened since January that we haven't talked about? 
Hmm. You know, I've always been a person who said that Seth is so much better as a chaser than a champion, but his reign as world heavyweight champion has been pretty good. I would agree. Um, I would agree. Good enough that he's number one on the PWI this year. We'll talk about that a little later on in the show. And and the thing is, you know, it's a good thing that he's had a strong reign because everybody knows that he's playing with damaged goods that were damaged through no fault of anybody else's except that, like, this is not Roman's title. This is the we refuse to take a title off of Roman, so here's a belt title. Yeah, that that's probably another thing we should talk about is the year that was Roman Reigns and the year of the bloodline. I, I think I can say, and I admit my bias here, because I sit at the table that the head of the table built for me very happily. Um, but I don't think anybody, even the biggest, most ardent hater can argue now that the bloodline storyline isn't one of the best of all time. Oh, it's a beautiful story. It's a wonderful story. Uh, it's got nothing to do with any of that. I'm just saying, like, you had opportunities throughout to potentially separate the belts, and you never did. And then it made the world title that you created feel yeah, yeah. very consolation prizey. So it's really good that at least unlike when the Universal title was created and Finn won the belt only to immediately be hurt and then the belt was really ugly and then there was all kinds of other like chicanery, at least this one has had a strong first champion. And because they've had a strong first champion, it helps the belt a bit. And Seth was had been due for a long time to get that tab, even that put in that position. But I think there's if there's an argument for the situation on how it happened, I think the argument is we wouldn't have gotten the emphasis on the mid-card championships like we've gotten. I, I know Austin Theory's title reign wasn't the greatest, but Man. what Gunther has done with an IC championship, it is a it is a main level title again. I mean, it it definitely is. The only issue with Gunther's reign at this point is just like it has reached its conclu- natural conclusion. And every time he faces Gable, I'm just like, okay, is Gable finally going to win? Is Gable finally yeah. going to win? Because yeah. if he's not finally going to win, are we going to move on from Gable to whoever is finally going to win? Because like, it's time for this to be over so that Gunter can go up to the top of the card, which is where Gunter is supposed to be. There's been a lot of repeat. Um, matches in Gunther's reign. He wrestled Ricochet a few times. Shinsuke got a couple of them. Shamo, yeah. Um, But I mean, they know what works with Big Gunther. So I'm not complaining. They know what works. Um, Okay, so I'm going to let you drive and you tell me what you want to do. You want to take a break here and then get to our AEW portion of the show or do you want to just keep it banging out and keep it moving? What do you say? Let's take a break here just because we're going to need to drink some water and take a deep breath before some of the laughs. Hydration is good, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, uh, you are listening to The Outsider's Edge on the Chairshot Radio Network. Don't forget to go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash TheChairShot. There's lots of nice stuff. As my boy Kyle says, get some merch and put it on your what? Oh, get you some of that soft style because it feels so good on your skins. That is. We'll be right back. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. So we're back. But you know who's not back, Rance? Mm-mm. And you know who's never coming back again? Well, don't talk too soon. <laughs> oh, I mean, he's not coming back to Cocaine Con's land anytime soon. Uh, man, Philip got fucking fired. And, like, when it happened, I know it's old news, man, but when Philip got fucking fired, I just laughed a good, deep, healthy fucking laugh. Because everybody knew that's the only way this was ever going to fucking end. So, let's get these jokes out first, because I do. there is something serious I want to talk about, Phil. Dunk, how you go to England and get your bitch ass fired before you, like, fly home? Like, like before you even had time to get a scone, man. Like, you got your ass fired before your own match. <laughs> No, straight up, dog. Like <laughs> you got your ass fired before you even had your own motherfucking match. It, it is. It is. It's over sugar glass versus real glass, and you, like you thought that you was the producer. Like this is a pay per view, dog. This ain't collision. You don't have no clout here. This ain't the show that they had to invent for you because the EVPs won't work with you. This is the wildest shit in the world to me, bro. It, it, you know, we're gonna look back on this years from now and, and like really fucking laugh because, like, can we tell them that we told them so yet? Can we say we told them so yet? Hey, look, I'm gonna take a drink of my of my fantastical body armor, um, sponsored by body armor, and please. When this happened, I distinctly remember an episode of this show where you and I explained to these people that he doesn't give a fuck about y'all for as much as y'all always built him up and talk about him being the voice of the voiceless and the greatest of all time and how he tickles your heartstrings and rubs that nostalgia bone and all that other bullshit. He doesn't give a fuck about you. And he has shown everywhere that he has ever gone that he is an asshole. Like everywhere. He couldn't get along with Colt Cabana. Do you know how hard that is? Dog. Dog. Yes. Like he's so fucking toxic that he just got fired from the number two company. And unlike literally anybody else who is currently over in AEW, TKO's not gonna touch this motherfucker with a ten foot pole. Did you see what Nick Khan said about him? When I asked him, what did Nick say? Nick basically said some future endeavors shit. He was like, "We wish Phil nothing but the best. Phil was was great when he was here, but we wish him nothing when but the best." Here is the key word because we also told y'all when he got hired that his ass is rickety and held together with spirit gum and hope. All right, so tell me this: <laughs> he was there for two years or three years. Two years, right? I think he might have been there technically for three, but he was only actually <laughs> <for> two. 
Well, however long he was there, do you think his being there was a net positive for the company or a net negative? Well, you sent me um, you sent me a screenshot, brother Rand. Of, uh, ah, we didn't plan this. Television. We didn't plan this. this is just journalism. From, uh, you sent me a screenshot, Brother Rant, of AEW's television ratings year over year, and um, it's in the red down in every quarter by double digits. Hold on. Can I find that while you talk? You yeah. Um, so if you hire someone that you are expecting to be your like rating savior who you bring in right around the time that you're introducing your second television show so that you can get a big bump and you put it in his hometown and all of that other fun shit and you do a couple of good big numbers that's great but if uh a year down the road you're down double digit percentages in uh viewers that's not a net positive especially if that all that year also included excuse me that year also included not one but two different occasions where you picked fights with your fucking co-workers the the p this is the p2 year of a change for those of you who don't know what p2 means that means everybody over the age of two watching from home from uh quarter four in 2022 aew dynamite is down two percent rampage is down 16 and in Q1 for 2023, AEW Dynamite is down 9%, Rampage is down 19. Q2 for 2023, Dynamite is down 7%, Rampage is down 14%. And Q3 for 2023, Dynamite is down 12%, Rampage is down 18%. Those are damning numbers, dog. And not even trying to hate on this company, like. But those no, are you're down damning 13%, You're down 13% in the third quarter, and that's the one that I'm looking at because that is reflecting, like, current viewership trends. You're down 13% viewership in the quarter that included your uh, lead-up to your, like, biggest show. Uh, that's scary. Well, so not only are you up to you, so let's talk about all of this. Let's just put it all on the table because we're going to get to all of this anyway. The lead up to your biggest show, and then Tony decides to have a second show afterwards. It's come out that they expected to get about 190,000 buys for all for all in, which is really good. It's not the best number they've ever done, but second best, which is amazing for them. That's a really good number. In this day and age, it's a great number for a pay. One hundred percent for people to pay fifty bucks for a show. But then they have another pay per view the week afterwards that they didn't book until the week before All In and the week of after All In. And this is the week that Punk gets fired in Chicago, and they got the the estimate is between seventy six and ninety thousand buys. That's well, this. Hold on, hold on, real quick. For the record, for those of you to understand, that's December to dismember numbers. Just need to, I, I want to put that in people's minds to put how bad of a buy rate that is. And, well, but also, I'm really curious. Like, it shows you how down bad Warner Brothers Discover is right now that AEW can be down 13 per, or 12%, I think you said it was, for the well, third quarter. Um, and they were down 9% for the second quarter. Like they're down in every quarter. And yet Tony was still able to get a third show. 
I think it just goes to show how cheap wrestling is. That's wrestling fair. is wrestling is an is an extremely cheap medium to 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 sell to market. To, now they don't get the same money marketing back as other shows do, but it's cheap and it's every week it's consistent content. Writer strikes happen right now. Wrestlers still wrestling, so you yeah, know their writers are non union, one hundred percent, and and they're all working for their work under the guise of one company. Um, which now, that's another conversation for another day, but now I think you had the best suggestion of any suggestion that I've heard as far as what should be done with collision, uh, turn it into the ring of honor show. Uh, well, rampage, I think rampage should be a ring of honor show, but yes. Yeah. Right. They, so AEW needs a brand split. They, they, they need a brand split, not a soft one, not like a wink, wink. You can't wrestle here cause punk is here. No. You your ass wrestle on Sunday, Saturdays. Your ass wrestle on Wednesdays. They need that because they have too many people on the show. Look at the yeah. people who keep leaving. Sunny Kiss just got let not let go, but basically wasn't resigned. They don't have they don't have no use for her. all these people. They have no use for these people. Meanwhile, they over here fumbling the bag on people like Jade Cargill. The fact that both. AEW and WWE expect her to leave for WWE just is the biggest fucking bag fumble. Like, what the fuck, Tony? How are you going to let Jade walk out? Like, for real? So I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, dog. That is a fumble because that type of story, you do everything you can to keep her. That's what however, I'm saying. However, Jade is a very shrewd businesswoman, and I'm going to tell you why. First and foremost, Jade don't need this shit. Nope. Jade is already rich and successful on her own, right? And if you wanted to go the route of she could get money from a man, her husband's Brandon fucking Phillips. Multi-time all-star for the Reds, right? They're good as a family. But I think he's shrewd because, if you remember, Mark Henry discovered her and told her, you need to sign with WWE, go to the Performance Center, and you'll be good because you are a star. And she went to a tryout and loved the tryout, but was like, I don't have the time for this type of schedule. I don't want to be gone all day long. I mean, all, all week long. So she finagled that to sign up with AW, got put on TV every week, 50 straight wins, huge, huge superstar. Five hundred three days reign with the TBS champion. champion. Match with Shaq, right? All this stuff. And oh, yeah, I forgot. She did team with Shaq to face Cody and Red Cody's Velvet. wife. Red Velvet. It was Red Velvet. Oh, that's right. Because Brandy was her and Cody's wife. Do something. No, yeah. She's just Cody's wife. Well, thank you. I'm, I apologize. You're correct. Um, but she did all that. And I think, I think the plan was always, I'm going to WWE. I just didn't want to go through the system. And now she's going to go. Now they, WWE's going to want her. And they're going to have to pay her top dollar because she's made a, herself a star in another company when she would have got a hundred K. To wrestle the performance in her? Now she's gonna get millions. She's a genius. And she can probably finagle a lighter house schedule. She's a genius. Now, if I was if I was her, you tell me if you disagree. If I was her and I was WWE, I would say you go do six months in the PC, get comfortable, work once a week, come to the come to the uh gym just to work out at whatever you want to do, and that way you can get comfortable with the company you get comfortable with the way we do things 
you can work on some of the things you need to refine, but still keep your name out there. And then you, you, you're going to debut very, very high. Like the night after WrestleMania, you come out to call out Bianca or some shit like that. But I would do the stint in, 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 uh, in NXT. I think it'd be good for her. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with it. She's going to get paid either way. That don't matter. As long as they pay her main roster money to go down there, yeah, I agree. I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if they're going to pay her the money, then it don't fucking matter is the way I look at it. Okay. I mean. Okay, so Jay going to WWE is a big move for WWE, a bad move for AW. We agree on that, right? Yes. Is Edge going to AW a bad move for WWE and a good move for AW? Because the rumors are there's a good chance he may be going over there. I don't think it will impact WWE per se. I think I view it as I view Edge going over there the way I view any Hall of Famer leaving one company for another company. It's I, you at the end, you want a light schedule, you want to decide who you want to work with, and you want to work the way you want to work. Cool. You don't come over there for a year or so. I just hope that you don't fuck around and fuck your neck up. That's literally all I hope. Just don't fuck around and fuck your neck up. Be able to walk away from it in the end. Do whatever the fuck you want. He'll pop a number or two because Edge is a star. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll pop a number or two. He'll work a couple programs. Him and Jericho will probably work together at some point. Him and Christian will work together at some point. Just FTR. Because those are his best friends now. They live next door to each other. Oh, yeah, that's right. He does live in Asheville. Um, yeah, so, like, they'll do all that. Um, but I don't think it necessarily affects WWE because WWE is a machine. Like, they're a machine. They The, the wheels just keep on churning. Um like outside of a handful of names like there was a time when i think edge leaving would have really 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 hurt them but i mean he's basically part-timer now yeah and at that time it would have hurt him was probably before he retired yeah um okay so we have not talked about this yet do you want to talk about the all-in number fiasco I mean, we can talk about it. I am always here for, I'm always here for laughing at Tony Khan. I'm always here for making cocaine jokes about Shane McMahon, and I'm always <laughs> here for disrespecting Brandy Rhodes. Oh, uh, three of my favorite things to do. I want to get the actual WrestleNomics post because this came from. There are certain things you see that you got to question if it's it's validity. This came strictly from Brandon Thurston, who is usually more of significantly more often than not right but it also came from the the government of the united kingdom well i mean they are a pretty reliable source last i heard well on this situation yes there's some other stuff that i think our friends across the pond would disagree with on that regard but on this tony khan announced that the number that night of tickets sold and paid uh, attendance was 81,035. And the entire crux of the, the, the accolade was this is now the highest paid bought 
uh, wrestling show in the history of in the history of wrestling. The only show that had more people is the Collision in Korea, but pe- they had to go to that. Nobody bought tickets; they were mandated to go. Well, apparently, according to the government, only seventy-two thousand two hundred sixty-five fans scanned through what they call the turnstile, which means when you go into the show and you walk into the through the turnstiles or the doors. You scan the tickets. That's the actual number of people that attended. So either one, the number was a lie, or two, nine thousand people bought tickets and didn't go. You're muted, by the way. I mean, I can make a convincing argument for both, but for the sake of these jokes, I, for one, brother Ransom, shocked, shocked, <gasps> shocked that. Tony Khan, the bastion of honesty and notorious, definitely not cocaine user, would lie about a number to inflate his ego and to try to take a shot at Vince McMahon. Shocked. This man is so desperate for daddy's approval, he's trying to get the approval of someone else's daddy. That's really, oh, that's deep. Say that again. Like, he is the ho dog. Like, he is so desperate for his daddy's approval that he is out here trying to impress someone else's daddy in some other shit. That's fucking deep. Like, like that is what this is, dog. Shad doesn't respect Tony. Shad has made it very clear that he doesn't respect Tony because Tony doesn't run the oil business. Tony runs all the pet projects. You get the toys, son. Here you go. Have some toys. Bruh. I just want to know, what the fuck was he thinking? That nobody was going to publish the real number? But dog. Well, you know what? He could have honestly been publishing the number of tickets distributed. Like, he could have been, like, giving the number. Of but 9,000 didn't show up? That's a crazy disparity, dog. I mean, that is a huge number. And I and to uh, the, the Chair Shot Headhound Show, Greg DeMarco, the big homie Greg, has been saying four months that AEW was selling four-for-one ticket uh, packs. And his it was his belief that he was selling. They were selling four for one ticket packs at the price of one ticket. So essentially, I could spend, I could pay a hundred dollars and get four tickets, and I just go myself because I th- it was the same price as one ticket, and that would inflate the number of tickets sold. Mm. There was some skepticism of that when I initially heard him say that. I don't put anything past nobody, but now, what else could it be? Yeah, no, that's a huge like. That's a huge huge disparity but again like when you're so desperate for approval because that's the other thing it's not just that he wants his daddy's approval it's that he is desperate for approval and validation yes and also again he definitely is not doing massive lines of cocaine before every interview and just randomly tweaking out and saying whatever the fuck comes to his mind that's Wait. definitely not something that happens constantly. 
Wink. Um, the best part about this whole situation, there's two things that I think are great. Escalating. Let's start with the first one. The first one is the 90, the 81 is the number that he announced of paid tickets. It's actually 90,000 he announced of people who was all in the arena, counting staff, ushers, concessions. So you That's got 18,000. You got 18,000 staff members, Todd. The second best part, and I love this. This is I have laughed for hours today, bro. Will Osprey got a tattoo of the 81,000 number, and his he ain't never got tattooed before. So he posted a tweet that he deleted, talking about just laughing hysterically, talking about my mom is so mad at me for getting the tattoo and now the shit ain't even real. <laughs> it's it's, 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 it's single handedly the the most endearing thing he's ever done in his career. He is the kind of twat who would get something like that for a tattoo. And I say that as someone with an entire fucking sleeve of tattoos. I'm here for any kind of tattoo. But, like, God, he's such a twat. He may be WWE bound, by the way, so you may, he may be our twat. I mean, he's a twat that can wrestle, but he's a twat. You know how MGF says, I'm a scumbag, but I'm your scumbag? MGF may be. I'm a, Osprey may be our twat. <laughs> I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, they could use the star power. I'm not even going to sit here in front and act like they couldn't, because, like, if we want to segue real quick, do we have any more AEW jokes? Because, like, we got more jokes. I'm here for them. We have one more thing I want to talk about in AEW, but it's a little serious. All right, all right, all right. Then hold on. We'll get serious for a minute. Shout out to Landstorm. Hey. So, uh, apparently, um, the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, has notified everybody backstage that he plans on this being his last full-time year in the business. And he'll still pop up from time to time. Like he mentioned that Terry Funk is somebody that he loved that Funk retired a million times, but still popped up every night, every now and then and just couldn't quit. So he doesn't see himself quitting for good, but he does see himself. He, he doesn't want to keep seeing to be away from his kids. And if that's the case, then one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time will be retiring in a year. And I think that is significant, not only for, wrestling as a whole because that that hall of fame not coming um but for aw man because he is their with respect to moxley their glue guy well i honestly though like i'm happy because like man we were talking about philip being held together by spirit gum and hope like i'm not even sure the spirit gum is left on Daniel <laughs> Bryan Danielson's body. Like, he's being held together with, like, spit and, like, rubber cement and, like, just, you know, whatever shit you can El- find. Elmer's glue. <laughs> yeah, like, whatever little sh- adhesive shit you can find around your house. Like, what are the things you put on the wall? The, 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 the 3M strips? The 3M strips. <laughs> I mean, basically, like, that's what's holding him together at this point. Like, that man is just a walking, uh, like, injury. Yep. 
Yep. So, yeah, this is definitely correct for him. I agree. And, you know, his kids are of age now. They're not babies anymore. They're of age. So he said something that, that hit me in an interview a few months ago. He said that every time he leaves, Birdie asks, do you have to go? Come on, bro. Like, that, whew. I mean, Brima's not enough for everything. No, apparently it's not. Um, I thought it was worth noting, by the way. So no, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, I mean, he was a big name, and like, there just aren't as many big names like that left. Like, both companies need star power at the top. Like, genuinely. Well, if we're honest, all the star power is coming from one company and then going to the other one. <laughs> well, that's correct. And there was the one professional wrestler. Using all the star, uh, all the star power uh, needs more stars. There was one professional wrestler who has not had an actual WWE run, who I think has the star power, and that's Kenny. And we'll talk about another one in the PWI 500, who was in the top ten. I'll, if you don't know, that's a tease. We'll talk about that later. But really, it's just Kenny's the only like he's not homegrown, but the only non WWE grown guy. Yeah, that you were, that you could count as a singles guy over there. That's a of of that level of star power. I mean, some other guys have the it factor. Eddie Kingston has it, but he's not a star. Like people outside of wrestling don't know who he is. Yeah, no, he's the only one uh, other than all of the ones that came from WWE and already made the name for themselves. There, there you go, there you go. Mm. Um, you got anything else you want to hit, hit the break in? Let's talk some TKO. Um, hmm. LOL Okada wins. Let's take a break. Thanks for helping us pay those bills, y'all. Um, so speaking of bill paying, uh, Vince ain't paying all the bills anymore. So Vince got paid. Yeah, he did. He got paid to be a minority shareholder of the he, brand new TKO Industries. Vince got paid. Vince got paid. Got bought out and got and got given a job. That's wild. Yeah. They letting him be CEO of the board and shit. So apparently, Nick is gonna be still the president of T- of WWE. Dana's still the CEO of UFC, and Vince is the CEO of TKO, who reports to only Ari Emanuel, who was the president of the parent company, Endeavor. So Vince, <laughs> Vince sold his sold his company, got six seven billion for the, for his sale, got a promotion. <laughs> Oh yeah, because now he's in charge of Dana. He gets to boss <laughs> Dana around. This is this is this is why this is why rich people say rich. That is one of the most for all. Look, Vince is a, a reprehensible human, but this is like the business move of the century. I, I'm sorry, but it is. I mean, the only good thing is if he's running all of this shit. Uh, hopefully, it means he ain't got time to worry about no creative. Yeah, from if you believe the rumors. He's on every call, every Monday and Friday. 
I do believe the rumors because who the fuck else brought Nia Jax back? Like literally nobody was asking for that. Not nobody. No one. As down bad as the women's division is, nobody was asking for Nia Jax. Can can I can can I argue the 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 what is it the former and the latter? Can I argue the the negative the other side? Do you mind? I mean, I don't mind. I don't agree, but I don't mind. I'm on your side. I wasn't I wasn't checking for either. But the argument against what we believe is, she was always loved and like always liked and appreciated backstage. The only reason. She was really gone was because she made so much money and the small little controversy about the vaccination shit, which doesn't really matter anymore at this point. Two, she is a name that drew numbers. That's it. I hate it, too. But that is such is life in the world of business. Now, I hate how she I would not mind her being back if she wouldn't have debuted in that spot. That's what makes it bitter for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other part of it for me is just like, it's not believable to me for one second that she's actually going to beat mommy. So like, I'm still over here like, you're bigger than her, but I, I just don't believe it because Rhea is like the biggest star on the show. Like, and that's not an exaggeration. She is currently the star of Monday Night Raw. Yeah. It's the Rhea Ripley show featuring everybody else. It is. It, it's as far as progressive as WWE has gotten with their, you know, their roster diversity physically and, of course, uh, culturally. They still are a company that believes bigger is better. So Naya is, the, is going to be in the, in the main event. And go after, as you have so eloquently stated, the biggest star on the show, and because she's big. And I'm not saying big in the sense of, like, you know, weight or anything, but she's just, she's a hoss in terms of wrestling. And she's, But, like, Rhea is such a big star. Mommy is such a big star that they demoted Becky to NXT. Thank you for saying that. I asked him to get, say that to repeat that on the show. That's a dope ass point, dog. Like That's they made Becky point. the NXT Women's Champion just so that she wouldn't have to like be in Rhea's shadow right now. Dog, they got Becky on side quests. <laughs> they got Becky on side quests, and they got Bianca turning heel and feuding with Charlotte and Bailey all at the same time, while Io just holds the belts to the side, laughing maniacally. It is. Uh, so I'll oh, tell you and this. And Oscar, and Oscar. That's I. I just thought of that. SmackDown's women's division is so fucking stacked. Raw's women's division has. Rhea and nobody else. Meanwhile, and, over here on SmackDown, we've got Bailey and Asuka and Charlotte and Bianca and Io is the champion. And that's why Nia's back. Just because you said it yourself. Who's on Raw? I mean, my thing there, though, is like, for a while, I thought they were going to actually end damage control, but now damage control is like back in Bell. WrestleMania. Bailey's going to turn on EO, on EO, call a cost of the title, 
they'll wrestle at WrestleMania. It's, that's 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 that seems to be the plan. I, I think that's fight. a good plan. I think that's a good plan, but I'm just like, okay, well, I understand that they've got the profits on SmackDown, and mm-hmm. so they put Bianca over there because they're trying to keep the couples together. And I understand that Charlotte wants to be on SmackDown and they want her on SmackDown because they're convinced that she's their like top draw woman. Um, that being said, they don't have to have Bailey and Asuka on SmackDown. So like, why did they take all the star power off of Raw other than they don't want anyone to have to share the spotlight with Rhea. So here's the thing, and just be completely honest here. Raw has been snake bitten with injuries. So huh. if you if if we use Rhea and Becky, who are the the epitome of, of the stars on that division and that division, and out of respect for her being in the world championship picture, let's say Raquel, right? Live injured multiple times, injured currently now, right? Um, Trish gone now, she finished the storyline, she's out of there. Um, and then here's one for you Ronda Rousey just left, Ronda was the star power over there, she just left. So they have had so many issues with, with injury right now. Sonya's injured, she, she just got hurt. Um, uh Piper just got back from being sick. Nikki's in school right now. Nikki Cross. Like, Tegan Knox is somewhere still in Cardiff because she's in not In school wrestling. for what? She's going for a PhD. Oh, good for her. Yeah. So good for her. I mean, she was listless creatively now, right now anyway. So, like, good Agreed. for her. Agreed. But the, the, it's just like, there's everybody they want to push and give some, give some, it, it's the reason why they think Chelsea has, uh, has cursed the tag titles because every tag team partner she has gets hurt. It's it raw is snake bitten right now. So like when we get to the draft or we get some call ups, they need them desperately, which is why I liked what Becky did with NXT because now what if Tiffany says I'm coming to the main roster to get my title back? Somebody new. You need new blood on that show. Yeah, Gigi's ready to go up. They they so. I'd say send Gigi and JC up, but JC's too busy uh, teaching Thea how to be a bad girl. Yes, I love it. You you know you know that NXT has a division ready to be called up when they bring the breakout tournament. That's what I you mean, know. their women's division is good. Like a lot of their lower because div- here's the thing. The Creed brothers are ready, and Ivy Nile's good enough that, like, she could be yeah. a lower-tier woman on the Absolutely. roster right now while she, like, gets more reps in. Blair Davenport is ready now. Yes. Cora Jade is ready now. Yes. Dana yes. went back down there just to get her heat back, so she'll be back on the main event eventually. Gigi's ready. Ivy's ready. JC, like you said, is ready. Oh, um, what's her face? Uh, what's her face? Cora's old tag team partner. Um, Roxy, Roxanne is Roxanne. ready. Yeah, Roxanne Perez. Lyra Valkyria is ready. Like <laughs> Nikita's not ready, but again, she got a look that they want in the main roster. Nikita so, like, also was hurt, so like that's a big part of like. Sure, I'm, I'm willing to excuse her being behind the curve. 
Yeah, me too. But I'm just saying in terms of she's someone that they'll call up even if she's not ready just because she has a look that is main roster perfect. And of course, Tiff and like and now you have the possibility of um, you have the possibility of Jay coming. Kyrie's already resigned. We're just waiting on her to get back in st- stateside. Like they have so much. Man, I love all the Joshis that are are in the WWE now. Man, the Joshis are just so fucking good. It just hurts my heart that it didn't work with Saray. It does. It does. It just hurts my heart because, like, you're right. EO and Asuka and Kyrie. If Saray could have made it work, and they all have specifically different styles, so like the diversity of that. Could have been dope, man. Um, hey, you know, you know. Speaking of former Joshi, is one who Karoshita's contract is up. She can come to the WWE. I'm cool with that. She's great. Well, there is the possibility, and I'm not going to be so flippant and call it a mass exodus. But there, there are a lot of people coming up that may be thinking about making their walk. Ricky Starks. His contract supposedly coming up. Man, that's a license to print money. And Rochambeau is such a cool fucking finisher. It and an absolute Ricky Starks and and the swag he has. It's a license to print fucking money. And then he so, he talks about it every chance he gets. I think you're pretty guaranteed he's gonna resign now, but MJF still is gonna be a free agent in January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He may get outbidded. You never know. I, I, I. Maybe he just wants. You know, the Tony's change. gonna get. Tony's gonna get what he signed up for, which is Young Bucks and Friends, and he's gonna find out what the numbers show, which is that Young Bucks and Friends don't draw a show. Yep. Oh, here's another one that that's random that nobody's thinking of. If Jack Perry negotiates a release, that's a guy that could be great in NXT. WWE will sign him in a heartbeat just for the fucking Hollywood connection alone. Speaking of that, Brian Pillman is in the Performance Center. I did see that, ah. which is good because like he was he was all right in AEW, but he definitely needs the training. And a stint in NXT would do him wonders, and you know he would do it because you know Sean would take care of him. Yeah, yes, one hundred percent. I mean, he's been so he's been signed according to reports for about a month, maybe a month and a half now. Um, and Brian has, he looks just like his dad and he has all the athleticism his dad has. He just, he needs some work in terms of refining his character, his speaking ability. And he's to grow up a bit. Yeah. You know, the worst, the worst thing AEW does, I appreciate their place where wrestlers can make amazing livings and, you know, you don't have to work the Indies for 12 years before you get a shot. You know, you can have bidding wars and raise your profile and your money. That's amazing. The negative of it is guys who are 23, 24 who don't deserve a shot in the big time get paid multiple six figures and work one day a week and you become Sammy Guevara. Mm-hmm. And that's the negative of it. And so I think Brian had a bit of that. And now I think I'm not saying that you have to earn it a bit more in WWE, I think. While there is no earn in professional wrestling because one dude picks and chooses who wins and who loses, but at least in the NXT, in the in 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 the performance center in NXT, 
You are there Monday through Friday. You're working. You're showing. You're growing, and that will help you tremendously. Tremendously, I think personally on on his, on your road, he needs it. I think that it just comes down to I won't say necessarily uh, like pay your dues kind of argument. My argument will just be there's a lack of structure in AEW. We've talked about that a lot, and it's part of why there's so many locker room issues. Um, from time to time, depending on which locker room you're walking into, because if like Jericho's on tour and Moxley's not there and Danielson's hurt, then like Joe can't lead the locker room by himself because the locker room's too big for him to lead it by himself. And there's a lot of toxic element in there and there's a complete lack of structure. And there are people that are going to tell these young kids that they don't have to listen to the agents. And it results in you get exposure, but you don't necessarily get growth. And Punk has already emasculated uh, enough people there, specifically the head of talent relations, Chris Daniels. I love Chris Daniels. I think all of us who watch TNA in the early 2000s love Chris Daniels. Chris Daniels should be fired. Well, he should, and he's a terror. Like, talent relations is not a role for him anyway because he's a nice guy. You can't have a nice guy be in charge of talent. Talent That's a needs great point. to be, like, you just, you can't. You can't have a nice guy be your talent relations. Your talent relations person needs to be, like, re- like speakable and somebody that, like, you can approach. But it doesn't. It can't be a nice guy. It needs because they need to be the guy that like is also making the call. It's like, hey, so yesterday was your last day. Uh, your badge has been deactivated, and if I see you on the property, we will be contacting security. So, even if Chris was Daniel, even if Daniels was that guy, he's not. But if Chris Daniels could be the greatest head of talent relations in the history of wrestling. He should still lose his job because he does not have he does not have the gravitas in the locker room after Punk told him you don't work here you can't be here on Saturdays. Who's gonna listen to him now? When a wrestler sends you home from the show and you're literally the boss of the wrestlers, you are not the boss anymore. Yeah, see that's yeah that's on him. He. Well, it's on Tony. No, it is on Tony. But it's also a little bit on him because I'm just like, I'm fucking sorry. Are you going to call security? Are you going to physically throw me out? Because, like, let's see which one of us uh, security is going to respond to. Well, according to what we, all the reports, probably punk. (laughs) And that was the problem. See, this is why you can't. This is we've said it before. This is why you can't let the boys be in charge of the boys. So I got a question for you about TKO TKO Holdings. So Ten. you are not the UFC fan that I am. I am a very very strong UFC fan. Not as strong as I was a few years ago, but still strong enough to buy multiple pay per views a year. I don't think I've seen one since Bones Jones was still in the game. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, he's back, by the way. He's the world heavyweight champion, the, or the UFC heavyweight champion. Sorry, wrestling. Um, I didn't Khan, know they let him back in. He is their CM Punk, but what he does, he is over him in the 
Dana and Vince are built from the same cloth in so many ways. No matter how much bad that Connor does or or John Jones does, they'll take their punishment for a minute, and then they're gonna be back. This is why you can't let George St. Pierre be in charge of talent relations. <laughs> George St. Pierre was in charge. It'd be a lot of difference. I can tell you that. Um, uh, he okay. can't choke out his employees' rants. Bro, look, business is a little different when you run a fighting company. I'm just saying. <laughs> a little different. Um, Nick Khan had an interview with Bill Simmons from, uh, you know, Bill Simmons, everybody, you know, ESPN, yeah. The Ringer, yeah. so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he mentioned that the plan eventually is to try to have some synergy between the companies in situations like maybe having a, they called it a all-star TKO weekend. So like say a SmackDown on a Friday, a UFC pay-per-view on Saturday, and then PLE on Sunday, all in the same city. What do you think about that? I think that's dope. So is like WWE going to become a retirement home for the fighters that can't go in the octagon anymore? No, I doubt that. There now there are look, John Jones say he want to wrestle. John Jones main event. Like he's earned that. Connor come over. Yeah, he's earned that. But I don't think nobody else is gonna just walk in. The only other person I can see that can walk in and get a major spot who's not those two is I don't know if you know this guy, Colby Covington. You've heard of him before? He's not the MAGA douche guy, is he? He's the MAGA guy. He no, is fuck that guy. I I agree, but he is such a fantastic heel because it's all act. He don't believe in that shit he's doing. It's all act. He is so good at his role that he can walk into the WWE tomorrow and be like and go against Seth Rollins and it'd be believable. For his sake, I hope it's an act, man. I don't see the Samoans reacting too kindly to his act. <laughs> then you better I put him on raw. Their wives. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. He he, one hundred percent. He's the only other guy I can see without, you know, going the Matt Riddle route that can walk up besides Joe Bones and Connor. Oh, Matt Riddle. But I love the idea of the synergy. I I want to see how I want to see him pulled off WrestleMania weekend. Speaking of Matt Riddle, isn't he in trouble again? When is he not, dog? I thought I saw something about him being in trouble again. He got but escorted. Was... He got escorted off a plane, and then he told he when they walked up to him, he was very apologetic that he had got kicked off. But apparently, he tweeted and told people that the cop molested him, and so there's we don't know what happened. We still don't know why he got kicked off the plane in the first place. It's, Who the it fuck is, is he to talk about people inappropriately touching people based on comes, his history? Comes back around, sir. Comes back around. I'm just like... Okay. Okay. He's on the now, verge of being... Too, he's on the verge of being, like, too much trouble. Oh, I was just thinking, like, he's right up there, like... It's a different kind of trouble, but he's right up there with Philip in the like more trouble than you're worth. Uh, At least Phil actually drew money. 
Well, that's what I mean. Like, it's a different kind of trouble. Like, Philip actually draws money, but is a very toxic piece of shit who will start literal fights. Riddle gets along with people because he's too fucking high to have, like, physical confrontations with most people. But he's also, like, kind of gross and toxic and has, like, a tendency to do some really nasty things. Yeah, and he, he's been involved in too many controversies, dog. Yeah. And, uh, but you know what? He's still sliding. He's still dealing. I, I do believe we're getting to the end of his little partnership with Drew because Drew's on the verge to turn heel, which is, uh, I think he's a fantastic baby face, but it is very, a very welcome change. Um, and if Nakamura don't do it, Drew will probably be the guy to end that reign. I would love to see Nakamura do it, though, just so that he could get one. I don't think he will, but just so that he could get one. I'd love I, to see it. I am I am convinced, just because I, 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 I want to believe in good, that Shinsuke will retire as a World Heavyweight Champion. You know what I would have liked to have seen? Can I fantasy book for just a quick second? Sure, buddy. At Payback, you know, that was the first show Shinsuke ever main evented as for a championship. They brought in the great fucking Muda. So that's yeah, fun. I remember. Shinsuke lost, but much like WrestleMania 27, Seth didn't walk out. Shinsuke did. I would have loved to have seen Muda. Some, you know, they're doing these vignettes with uh, Nakamura talking, you know, going back to his kind of um, Ronin style where he's training and his martial arts and all this, talking about sets back, I would have thought, I think it'd be dope if they signed Muda for six months to be Shinsuke's manager. That would be, that would have been pretty cool. How dope would that be to see Shinsuke, who's already a killer, even though he likes to surf, and then the, one of the scariest pro wrestlers of all time as his manager. And he could be Keiji Muto on regular shows, but at pay-per-views, he comes out as Muto. How dope would that be? That would have been pretty cool. That would have been pretty cool. I don't hate it. Like, But I mean, I would like to see Shinsuke uh, win the title. And... Um, you're right, though. If it's not him, Drew is coming for Seth, for sure. Um, can we talk for a quick... Well, not actually talk, but can we just take a quick second to acknowledge that, like, both new Uso themes are fire? Dog. On top of... Jimmy's is better. But on, on, on I top know, of... I like Jay's better. It's all about me. <laughs> yeah, but it's... I... I I have PTSD from Roman keeping the theme and having just a minimal change. And so it feels weird that people like Jay's theme, even though it's the same thing with different words. But Roman's theme was basically the same way, and people hated it. So I have PTSD. Okay. Um, but no, can we talk about the fact that when Jay comes out, Jay looks like the biggest star in the company with... He got the crowd doing the up-downs. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. That is the dopest The fact shit. that he can get a bunch of white people to do up-downs is also, like, props to you, Jay. That's, that's probably the 
probably the best thing uh, a person of color has got white people doing the crowd since Booker T had him doing the raise the roof back in WCW. <laughs> Um, Fucker. yes, but the things are dope. It is cool. Did you want to talk about that for a second? How WWE has effectively made twins two separate wrestlers? Well, I mean, it is impressive that they have managed to like successfully break them apart. I genuinely did not think they would be able to successfully break them apart. I think it is smart that they moved Jay to Raw. Number one, Raw needed more names for their main event but number two you can only successfully break them apart if you hard part them agreed agreed like if they're on the same show you're just going to want them to be together whether it's as a team or fighting each other well wrestlemania they've they've already said that that's their dream so well, I think I'm they're gonna get. I think they're gonna get it because I think that's the only reason that they moved Jay now, as opposed to just having Jay and Jimmy feud immediately. That screams, "Oh no, y'all are gonna!" Like, I feel like one of them will get a title match, and the other one will cost them. I feel like Jay will get a title match. Yeah, of course, he's gonna be main event Jay Uso, and Jimmy will again cost him the belt, and so Jay's gonna have to fuck Jimmy up at uh, WrestleMania on this the same is gonna... night that his uh, cousin loses the title finally to whoever the fuck they decide is going to dethrone him. I don't think you're. Uh, I don't think you're predicting. I think you're hoping. <laughs> Bro, like I love Roman. I do. I do. I love Roman. But like Jesus fucking Christ, if they don't take the belt off of him at WrestleMania, what the fuck are they doing? Well, the that's another. And well, we'll on the, if if the next time we we hook up for the show, we'll do it in depth about what should what has been done, what is being done, and what should be done in the future with Roman. We don't have time now because we got to get out of here in a little bit. Uh, real quick, um, we mentioned it very quickly, but Becky is now in NXT for the time being. She won the women's championship off of Tiffany Stratton. What is most interesting, and I don't give a flying fuck about a rating, but this is interesting to note. NXT got 890,000 viewers. And the overrun for that match, which is uh, seven, eight minutes after the show supposed to end, a little overrun, got over a thousand, over a million viewers. One, one mil Becky. I think I know how this rain is going to end. And by I think I know, I mean I have a random guess, like a okay. completely random guess. Okay. So JC Jane has been teaching Thea how to be a bad girl. And I think JC is going to use Thea's new bad girl tendencies to help her defeat Becky. And JC will become the new NXT Women's Champion. Ooh. Ooh. And I think that Thea will be confronted by her bestie, Duke Hudson. And he is just going to be like, me and Mr. Chase don't know what the fuck you're doing, girlfriend. What the fuck? And she's going to be like, listen, gay bestie, we're not besties anymore. Fuck you. 
<laughs> Did you see this week? She she stopped. She she ended, like got rid of her location. She went to do her. Oh yeah, I re- I saw when she went to do all her poses <laughs> and stuff. And JC was just like, no, none of that. No, no, stand up. No, we don't do that. Um. So that's that's I'm look I'm not against that because I love me some JC Jane, but I think the obvious is Tiffany got to get a get back. Man, bump the obvious. Do something fun. That would be fun, but I but I do think you already have a ready-made feud there with JC and with Thea. So unless the whole point of that is to get the belt on JC, then to get the belt on Thea, because with respect to JC, she's not a long-term champion right now. No, it's a transition. She well, it's a quick fucking transition then. <laughs> so okay. Here's one for you. What if Mandy Rose makes a return? I mean, she should. What she makes a return, beating Bex. Okay. I'm, I'm just I'm saying that's what that. I am too. I'm, but that's one nobody's it's thinking about because she never. It's her title that she never really lost. That's what I'm saying. Well, she probably is needed on the main roster now at this point. But I mean, that's something that could happen. But I mean, if they're gonna do that, then like. Just put Toxic Attraction all the way back together because, like, everything about it was gold. It was, man, but too much has happened between JC and Gigi. I know, but they always love to pretend that what happened on NXT don't matter no more. Or is there too much synergy now for us to go too back? Too much. Be- besties are running the show now, bro. Sean and Hunter, that's not happening no more, dog. It's too much synergy now? It's a real you, wrestling show? You have, yes, it's a real wrestling show. <laughs> You have NXT stars, like, on the main show regularly now. I know, I know. And meanwhile, you've got Braun Breaker still on NXT and uh, killing Von Wagner. Dog. Can I tell you? Committing, as we used to say on the edge, committing murder. Murder. I think it's hilarious to me that Braun Breaker is basically as dark as I am right now. Oh, yeah, the spray tan has gotten out of control. My boy is dark. <laughs> I'm saying. My boy, my boy is a proud black man right now, dog. <laughs> I mean, you know, who is it? Hey, fair enough. All right, man, let's, 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 let's take this break, and uh, we'll, we'll get out of here with a couple of quick hits. Sounds good. Don't forget, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash chair shot. Get merch. Get merch. Get merch. That's ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash chair shot. Sir, so today, besides the fact that the All the Number came out and all of the hilarity that ensued with that, today is probably the most um, combative day of the internet IWC year. Why, you may ask? The PWI 500 rankings came out. I'm so glad I deleted Elon's world. <laughs> hey, well, you can just get Zuckerberg's world on on threads, right? I mean, yeah, that's right. I could just hit threads. All right. So the most interesting thing about it is, and I'll give you the top. Uh, I'll give you the top ten. But the most interesting thing about it is, you know, I'm a mark. Them fist bros, the shield. One, two, and three. Seth is number one. Roman is number two. 
and Moxley is number three. What do you think about that? I mean, they've been the three biggest stars in the industry for a long time. Um, I'm not a big fan of Moxley's style of wrestling, but it's an aesthetic thing. I'm not into the hardcore shit. He loves the hardcore shit. But, like, I will never, ever deny the star or the fact that he is the... He is AEW, like he is the poster of AEW. Like, yeah, those that makes perfect sense to me. Um, I think Seth at number one is well deserved. He kind of carried large portions of uh, the show for months at a time, um, especially uh, during Roman's vacations and stuff. Like Seth always made sure to make everything must see TV. So like, very, very, very well deserved. So I'm going to read the rest of the top 10 out, and yeah. I want you to tell me what you think when I get to the end of it, okay? Yep. Of course, you got Seth, one, Roman, two, Moxley, three. Your IC champion, Gunta, is number four. El Hijo del Vikingo, the Roman Reigns of Mexico, is number five. He's our scumbag now, the AEW world champion, MJF, is number six. And LOL Okada... Number seven, Kazuchika Okada is your seventh member. A surprise, but one I will be I will I will back up heavily. Orange Cassidy is number eight. The the pride of impact, Josh Alexander is number nine. And of course, you got the savior of WWE and the guy who ended slavery himself, Cody Rhodes, at number ten. LOL. Um, <laughs> number one, I will say I love that Orange Cassidy is starting to get his props. Mm-hmm. Like, I love it. I especially love that like you get it now. Like We had a conversation recently because yep. for a while I was on board and you were just like, nah, nah, I, I can't get on board. And yep. you, you and I had a conversation recently where you were just like, I get it now. I see exactly what you were talking about, and this man is pretty fucking great. Um, so I love that he's finally getting his props. And number two, way to fucking go, Josh Alexander. Yeah. Way to yeah. fucking go. Yeah, Impact's got a hell of a fucking year, bro. Like I, You I'm gotta give him their props. I am so, like, happy for Josh Alexander. Like, that is so fucking awesome. I, nobody will still ever recognize this man if he walks to the street. Nope, not without the headgear. But that man is a wrestling superstar. He's earned that. I, I'm I'm very proud One of him. And it is finest. Let's talk about Orange Cassidy for a second. You're spot on, dog. I I I I was just at one point I was disgusted with the dude, and then of course I find him funny. I found some of his spots enjoyable when I was seeing him in GCW. And the spot, the spot with Sting, and like there are some funny things he does, but I thought he was too much gimmick to be taken seriously. Never questioned that the dude could wrestle, because clearly the dude can wrestle. I did not think that he could be a viable single star without having to drop a major part of the gimmick. And we, <laughs> bruh, he's still the same fucking Orange Cassidy, and he had maybe the best reign outside of Romans all year. Maybe better than Seth's. 
that intercontinental, that intercontinental, international championship reign. He fought everybody and he beat everybody. I, I well, and where he I, benefits I get it. from the fact, well, and where he benefits from the faction system is that like Chucky can talk. Chucky can't really wrestle very much, and especially not not anymore. anymore. Yeah, not I was anymore. gonna say not anymore. Like he could in his prime, but like at this point in his career, not very much. But like Chucky can do most of the talking and is very very charismatic so like he can carry uh mike parts when orange doesn't want to care air quotes but once orange wants to engage and wants to care orange can go on the mic he chooses Um, when he wants to i'm so glad you brought that up because that's what won me over was one seeing him finally talk and like be confident in himself and i love <laughs> my name's orange cassidy and i don't have a catchphrase i love that shit with the passion secondly was when he came out for all in and of course you know it's this big stadium stampede crazy match um all these hard heavy hitters who are hardcore guys and all this and he comes out cool for school and then he stops he takes his glasses off, takes his jacket off, and he throws the bag and the belt down, and he's like, I'm here to beat your ass. Like, I, that's, that's all I needed. I just needed to see you could do it. You know, never you can't always be all gimmick. Yeah, but I'll, at the same time, I'll never get tired of from wherever, when, <laughs> whatever. And then, and then the, how the, the, uh, the pyro is just kind of like a sparkler. Like no, the presentation's on on fire, dog. The presentation, I they said this on the Masked Man show. So, Kaz, I know you and David Shoemaker. I know you don't listen to the show. You should, but I'm not stealing your I'm not stealing your gimmick. But why don't they just have white T-shirts with like an orange at the top, and they sell that for his for like for his merch? Wouldn't you buy a white T-shirt for Orange Cassidy? And probably. I mean, I bought uh, I bought a Join the Dark Order We Have Juice shirt, okay? It doesn't take much. Just be clever. <laughs> Remember when the Dark Order was a thing? <laughs> Don't I'm get sorry. me started. I'm sorry. Okay, any other questions about the PWI 500? Anybody you think deserved to be in the top 10 that wasn't? Hmm, I'm trying to think. Because um, if you think about it, you have... The two WWE champions, you have the uh, most of the year, the Impact champion. You have the AEW champion. You have AEW second champion. And I guess, Moxley, you can count both of them, right? So you have you have the AAA champion, the mega champion. Only champion you don't have is Sonata. Would he count? Would you put him up there? Hell no, he's Sonata. Okay, I agree. Just had to ask. I mean, you know... All disrespect intended. I almost said no disrespect, but then I'm just like, nah. All disrespect intended. Like, nah. Claudio? Claudio, um, maybe? Ring of Honor champ? Maybe. Maybe, but like, if Ring of Honor doesn't have a show, does Ring of Honor actually exist? <laughs> just the old, if a tree falls in the forest, did it make a sound? <laughs> no, but I mean like, 
legitimately like yeah the ring of honor belts are being defended on all these aew shows but like if there is no ring of honor does ring of honor actually exist that's a great point it's a it's a brand it's the third brand of it it was the second brand of aew yes yeah like that's my thing i'm just like this it's a show that's not really a show but Bring, you should make it a show because if you need a brand split anyway you've already got all the fucking belts like bring back delirious bring back carrie silken and let nigel be the the mouthpiece and let's do the invasion <laughs> of the ring of honor to aw just like we had back in 2001 why not i'm just saying man just like hire ian riccaboni and bring in well, he, Cole. he works there he, they, he, work, he does work. He is the real so water guy. Yeah, bring Ian and Colton. Ian and Colton run commentary, and there's your show. Like, shit. I, I, I know the show is there. You just got to watch the Honor Club. Nope. 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 I swore once I left I would never go back, and uh, I stuck to that pledge. Fool me once. Shame on me. There is one there is one hilarious but sad uh omission from the PWI five hundred, one that PWI has acknowledged and apologized for. Bro, they forgot to put Okada in the PWI five hundred. Not Okada. Naito. I'm so sorry. They forgot to put Naito in in the PWI five hundred. <sighs> Naito, come to America. I I feel bad for whoever number five hundred was now because it's like, dog, you know you only got in because I forgot to put in Naito. <laughs> That's a great point. Like I, I'm now I'm just like, oof, who is number five hundred? Because now I feel bad for you because you're only there because they forgot about Naito. If they forgot about Naito, who else to forget? Oh, I don't know. That's the thing. Like, I bet we could look through. That's a huge... This dude was fucking world champion two years ago. But this is also why, like, as much as it's fun for us to talk about, that's why we can't emphasize enough that you should not take the PWI 500 seriously. Dog, I am saying. It's fun to talk about, but holy shit, bro. Like, Hiromu's high. Sonata, who's not part of the team anymore, is high. I'm sure he's high. Shingo's got to be high. So his whole squad is high, but he not on there? Yeah, it, like, wow. Just wow. Disappointing. But, again, I'm serious. Naito, bro, you come to your Hayabusa run, your Muto run, get you two years, get that, get that paper, get that guap, go surf with Shinsuke. And then retire in the sunset somewhere in Tokyo. Why, why not, dog? There is nothing left for you over there. That's a fact. God, that's a fucking fact. Um, okay, let's pivot. Um, so you guys will be listening to this Sunday morning, or whenever you choose to listen to this. But as we record it, it's Thursday night. And tonight is a milestone night. Uh, there is a show that we have throughout the history of this podcast made fun of to great joy and hilarity 
And man, have they given us so many reasons. But I think they deserve to be applauded and to get their flowers tonight. Impact Wrestling is having their thousandth episode. And they've had a great fucking year this year, too. They've had an amazing year. And a thousand episodes is a fucking milestone. They are the Mick Jagger of wrestling. They just, won't die? Yeah, they just refuse to. Think about how many times we thought Impact was going to get canceled or like how many times Impact lost their TV network but then somehow found a way. Or bought one so they could stay on. Well, that's what they did in the final go-round, but they lost their network like three different times. Four different times. If you, They were on Fox Sports, and then Fox Sports cut them. So then they went from Fox Sports, and they got the Spike TV deal. Yeah. Then after they lost the Spike TV deal, they got the fucking uh, pop deal. But then when they lost the pop deal, they had to go to, like, middle-of-nowhere television land. HDNet. Yep, yeah, yeah. Like, this is a company that constantly was shuffled around and had no, like, stability until Anthem actually did buy out Axis from fucking Mark Cuban. So, so, dog, look, I, uh, it, Impact, man, so I'm so hot and cold on them. I used to love them, but, like, it is crazy to think that they've reached a thousand episodes. That, like, that's a, that's a crazy fucking milestone. And yeah, all the fucking negative shit that they've done, bringing in Hogan, um, the 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 channel telling them don't work with Vince Russo, and they send an email to Vince Russo and CC the company, like Dixie the Dixie Carter years, like oh, fucking yeah. um, Jeff Hardy being high off his ass and going in the main event to wrestle, like. Jeff Jarrett convincing them to buy his company and take all of his shit. Becky's little sister, Claire Lynch. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Claire. Or, or, or how about exploiting the real-life divorce and relationship of Karen, Kurt, and Jeff? And at the same time, this is the company that gave us AJ. Yep. This is the company that gave us Samoa Joe. Yep. Bobby Roode. Yep. Um, James Storm, you can give him credit. James, James Storm was a big oh, yeah. deal James for a minute. Storm. Chris uh, Daniels is a big deal. Yeah. Chelsea Green. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah, Chelsea. The knockouts. Yeah, the knockouts. Mike Bennett. First guy. My, uh, my, my, my future ex baby mama, Mia Yim. LA Knight. Yeah. Uh, this, is, this is the company that gave Drew his first world Cameron title. Cameron Grimes. Yep. They gave Drew his first world title. They gave. Christian Cage's first world title. But they gave Lashley his like credibility back. back. Yep. They Uh, broken Matt. That's another thing we can talk about is all of the people who they rehabbed, broken Matt. They rehabbed fucking you just said Lashley. They rehabbed Drew McIntyre. They rehabbed Kurt Angle. They Kurt Angle is on record saying he had some of the best matches of his fucking career there. Kurt Angle, bro. Yo, man, Perkangle. They were great. They were so oh, hot. Tyson. T- they were so hot. Tyson Tomko was a star. Mm-hmm. Tyson Tomko. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, man, they've 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 done. A, the, the I mean, I still to this day he is the leader of factions now, and I still remember when AJ Styles was third bitch in Christian's coalition. He was Tom Cole's tag partner, Doc, and he was a Grand Slam champion. Ah. Yeah. Okay, here's one: the hilarity and yet the genius of Aces of Eights. How about I was that? Just, oh yeah, speaking of, they gave Bully Ray his first world title. Straight up, and and or how about just the character of Bully Ray? Right. Yeah. It create the creation of Bully Ray. Um. Like. Yeah, we could go on for quite a while, to be perfectly honest. Like up, uh, Pentagon's first world title, or going negative, the Tessa Blanchard experiment. Well, and when you talk, well, I mean, when you talked about uh, the knockouts, like hashtag Give Divas a Chance. This is the def- This is the company that is the definition of give women a chance. Okay. Every time a woman's wrestler leaves WWE, I'm like, well, if you're smart, you'll go to Impact. If she's smart, she'll go to Impact because Impact actually gives a shit about their women. I can't stand her, but give her all her flowers. Gail Kim, Kong, um, uh, Taryn Terrell. That's a name Angelina, for you. Angelina Love. The, the, the beautiful people in general. Yeah. Here, here's one. Yeah. I know she got into some trouble, but Hamada. Mm-hmm. Like, I got an old one for you. Roxy Laveau. Roxy fucking... Laveau, Roxy, Roxy, get it. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, dude, like this company wouldn't die, carved out a niche for itself, like finally figured out who they were um, after they strayed away from Six Sides for a while and then realized, wait, Six Sides is like one of the only things about our company that people actually give a shit about. Because it's unique and different. <laughs> I what I appreciate most about them right now, of course, their women, they're the women's division, the knockout division is unparalleled. What I appreciate is they have worked hard to create their own stars. Because mm-hmm. for the longest, their biggest star was either Sammy Callahan or whoever WWE threw away. But now Josh Al- Josh Alexander is a legitimate star for them, right? Alex Shelley is a world champion, and Alex Shelley has elevated himself to being deserving of that world championship, right? You got uh, Matt Cardona, who is probably the hottest dude on the Indies, came and had a great uh, stint there with Kurt Hawkins. My guy, I believe in Joe Hendry, is having a great run as the uh, digital media champion. How about this? They rehab Big Bill, former Big Cass. They did. Yeah, they did rehab him before he got picked up by AEW. He had a great run over there. Like, yeah. But they have really remade themselves into something genuine, and I need to give... I need to say names. I got to give Scott Demore all the fucking credit in the world, brother. I'd shake your hand if I was next to you, man. You have earned these accolades. But, I mean, it makes sense, though, because realistically, a lot of the things that we just talked about in terms of the highlights of those co- of this company's history, he was uh, all over it. Around or had a part of it or something? You're absolutely well, yeah, right. Like, you know, he gave us Bobby Roode and Eric Young with Team Canada. Team Canada. Petey, Petey Williams, the Canadian Destroyer. Yep. The act, like, the move itself. Yep. 
like that shit has become so commonplace now, but I'm just like, oh, I remember seeing that shit on Impact for the first time, and it blew my fucking mind. You know, Petey Williams is a is a agent for Raw now, right? Uh-huh. And he don't call him Petey; he's Pete. You know, you know who else is an agent for the WWE now that the Impact created Abyss? Oh the yeah, Monster yeah, yeah, Abyss. Park. Yeah, Kenny, so Kenny Dykstra is there. How about that? Oh, yeah, Kenny Dykstra. We are old. I am I am older than Kenny right now. I am an older individual than Kenny Dykstra. And Kenny is a damn... damn. <laughs> what is the world up to? Long story short, like, you, you when when people do good things, you give them credit. Yeah. A lot of good things have come from Impact. And now they have finally gotten their mainstream star. Trinity Fat Two is over there, and she is taking that place by storm. Yeah, yeah, and it's so great for her because it's going to improve her ring work. And she was already good in the ring. It's not that she wasn't, but it's going to improve her ring work. Yeah, and I I think she needed to believe in herself again. And when the entire company basically tells you you're a, forgive the colloquialism, but you're a guy. That makes you believe in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, anything else you want to hit on Impact before we uh, kind of sign off here, brother? Um, no. Uh, I just... Uh, I appreciate that uh, the Owls actually did save that company. I remember when we laughed at them taking over that company. They sure up- did. And it ended up actually being one of the best things that ever happened to him. And I want to give Dixie Carter some credit here for this for this one thing. Dixie loved that company enough that she realized I can't do anything else for it. And she sold to someone that she knew or believed would do good by it. And she has ever since she has believed and stood up for that company since her handle is still TNA Dixie. That No, but that part. That last part, I was going to say the thing that I love about Dixie is even after that, like after they had to sell and after everything is over, Dixie Carter loves Impact Wrestling. She yeah. loves that fucking company. And yeah. I love that about her. I do. That 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 earns all my respect. So, uh, look, we can't keep giving them all this fucking credit. This is Impact. I don't like it. <laughs> well... On that note, you can't find me on Twitter. Well, hold on, hold on. Before, before you do that, before you do that, before you do that, before you do that, before you do that. I'm sorry. I, I, there was one more thing I wanted to do. And, um, yeah, I'm at It's Ray Cash. He's not on Twitter anymore. Um, we'll, do the, we'll do the outro. But we have not had the chance to speak about the two major uh, heartbreaking deaths we had in the community. And I know we're probably not going to want to do a full-on whatever but we'd be remiss if we didn't mention um the deaths of terry funk and bray wyatt so yeah yeah rest what in if, peace for sure whatever you want to say if it's quick if it's long it's your choice man but we we gotta at least acknowledge it um no i'll just say what i had said when i had found out that he is you know i was in uh orlando for wrestlemania 33 when he was still the champion and he faced off against Orton in the infamous cockroaches on the mat match. Um, and I just remember like being there with my sister and just being so mesmerized 
by the entrance and all of the lights and it was so cool and creatively he was so visionary in so many ways and some of it did not work like real if we're being honest you know some of it didn't work but I just loved that he was always trying shit and he was like committed to weird shit and I love that because I like weird shit yeah I love when we get weird and we embrace the weird so like that was always you know something I loved and I hate that him and Brody are both gone yeah um Sure, a little love to Terry Funk. That man lived like he was preparing to only be alive for 20 years, but he gave us a thousand years worth of lifetimes. And core fucking legend. I think we should all live like Terry did. Just balls to the wall. Just enjoy your life no matter what is in front of you. As far as Bray, and I'm going to be quick because I uh, don't really want to read. I've kind of made my peace with the situation, but that hurts me particularly um, because I have heart problems as well. So there's some illness comparisons. But the saddest thing is um, I am a father of two. Uh, I have now um, taken in my youngest daughter's big sister. So essentially I'm a father of three. And anytime a parent is taken from their kids, it is a, a horrifically sad time for me. And to think about all the things he was able to do and overcome in his career, Husky Harris, you know, and 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 the, the numerous stop starts of his character, but yet to be in the small amount of time that he was here in the Bray Wyatt character, to be unanimously known among everybody in wrestling as maybe one of the most creative people that's ever existed, like he is a loss that I don't think we'll ever really fully get over. And, um, yeah, it hurts me to this day. I miss him. Um, I wish the best to Jojo. All my love to her. All my love to his ex-wife. She doesn't get any, any shout outs. Give her some shout outs to their kids, to Mika, his sister, to Bo, to IRS, to the whole family. Um, that's a loss that we'll never, ever really get over. We'll just continue to, Look at the fireflies outside and, you know, and follow the buzzards, I guess. Well said. Well said. Um, one more shout out I want to do. And our good friend, Rich Latta from Social Suplex. Uh, and I guess AEW, technically, because he has ties there. He did Marina Shafir's music. So I guess you could say there. Rich's dad died. Rich Latta is actually a junior. He's Richard Latta the second. And, um, you know, if you guys have followed me in any part of my journey over the past year or two, you know that I've had a ton of death in my life recently. Stepfather, grandmother, mentor, grandparents, friends. Um, So our love goes out to Rich. Uh, Our support, our blessings, our thoughts. Um, Yeah, man, anything else you want to say? And then we can get out of here for real. No, I just want to echo everything that you said, you know, love and support and good vibes out to Rich for, like, that's just a tough loss. That's a wave of grief that you can never prepare for, um, and there's no wrong way to feel. And so, you know, just sending love and good vibes out, man. 
Um, and on that note, you cannot find me on Twitter. You can find Rance at It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y as in Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars. Mm-hmm. This is the Outsider's Edge podcast. We do record inconsistently, so who knows when you'll hear from us again. But in the meantime, in between time, keep your criticism to yourself because we don't want none. <laughs> uh, do we? Can we still say the punk line, even though he got fired? Um, I mean, I don't know if we can still say the line, but we can remind them that we just don't give a fuck. Do we still say fuck them? Fuck them. <laughs>